0: From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own quarters of the world. I'm Ricky Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with an Olympic hopeful about how, after four kids in six years, she learned to prioritize herself, the full time mentality of a professional athlete, and how she goes about setting her goals. Deitch does not look or talk like the typical professional athlete. She stands out not just because of her modest dress, but also because of her family life and values. The winner of the Jerusalem and Tveria marathons, she competes at the highest level and she may not be able to make it to the Olympics for a reason that has nothing to do with her abilities. Hi BD, how are you doing today?
1: I am good. You know tired it's been a long day
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we it's it's at night you it's i'm still in the afternoon here where i am in new york so it's a little bit i'm not tired yet but i'm getting there
1: do you do the 4 p.m coffee
0: or no no i actually i um i decaffeinated in high school i found that it was like really really affecting just like i was just feeling so gross so i actually don't ever have any caffeine Oh wow that's cool sugar is my drug of choice
1: I also like sugar. I do both. Depends on the day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's necessary, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To get started, can you tell me what you were like as a little kid?
1: What I was like? Um, Really high energy. Loved to be active. um, You know, super friendly, outgoing. um, Loved people. Very academic. I'm um, like very motivated, uh, you know. I'm the oldest, but I don't necessarily see myself as like the oldest type in certain ways. But then, then there's certain parts of me that I have a very Type A personality. So, um, yeah, it comes with the whole package.
0: What part of the what part of the oldest sibling stereotype do you think does not apply to you?
1: Um, I'm not. I'm not bossy and I'm not the type of person actually that is like good at, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a good leader, honestly. <laughs> really? Like I'm not good at, I don't know. I, I, people, maybe I, I maybe set an example of things, but I never saw myself in that role. I have a brother who's like two years younger than me. And I always felt like he was the one who loved taking charge. I'm not a take charge kind of person. I don't like taking charge of
0: things. So you said that you were, that you always loved to be active. So were you always involved in competitive sports? Um,
1: I was not always involved in competitive sports. I I really don't feel like there were a lot of outlets for, from girls when I was growing up. Um, I did gymnastics until I was 12 and then I had to stop that because we didn't have girls gymnastics classes. Mm. Yeah. And now there's so many amazing options. And at the time, I didn't, I'm very lucky that, like, I never felt any kind of resentment for any of it. I don't know why I wasn't, like, more, I didn't feel, feel like I needed a professional or competitive setting to enjoy my active, like, outlets. Like, I was very happy-go-lucky with whatever I had, you know? <laughs> so, um, I switched to Taekwondo, and I got my black belt in Taekwondo.
0: How old were you when you got that black belt?
1: I was in high school,
0: maybe tenth or
1: eleventh grade, I think.
0: That's super cool. So then you're so through. So you've always been active. You're always doing these things. How did marathon running become your thing? Um, yeah. So that only happened when I was um,
1: 26. I had like, I was so out of shape. You know, I, I had four kids in six years, and I was super busy, just like being a mom and taking care of everyone. We also lived in Tucson, Arizona for two years, where I hosted, like I was in, running a college campus program for Jewish college students, and I feel like I was just so busy taking care of everyone else, I totally put myself on the back burner, and then I had this, like, realization that I'm just really out of shape, um, which came when I came in, like, dead last um, in just a hundred meter dash with my family, but I was, like, coughing and puffing after running a hundred meters. And it felt so weird to be out, so out of shape. So I said to my husband, like, that's it. I'm running a marathon. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> no, it didn't all quite unfold like that.
0: But. Talk talk me through a little bit more about how it unfolded. Because there's a big jump to be... I mean, how old are you now? Like 29, I think?
1: I just turned 30 in the summer.
0: Happy I'm birthday. Feeling. So yeah. <laughs> um, with you know, in four years to go from not being able to run a hundred meters to literally winning marathons, that's a, that's a big, that's a big leap in not, in not so much time. So what was that first run that you went on? Like after you decided, okay, I'm running that marathon.
1: So I always say the truth is like when I ran that, that like a hundred meter dash, it wasn't like I couldn't run. It was just like, I I felt myself, you know, when you, when you're out of shape, you feel it. So the first time I went and the problem was that for like six years, I had not done any consistent exercise. I had like here and there tried to jog and, but like it wasn't ever a consistent part of my life. And so when I went for my first run, I was, I was fine. Actually, I ran comf. I didn't, I didn't go for it with any pace ambition, but like it felt comfortable. Like I was able to do, you know, six miles and I felt fine. But the reason, so people always ask me like, why'd you choose a marathon? Like that's such a huge goal. And the reason I chose a marathon was because I knew it was the only distance that was going to obligate me to train in a consistent way. And what I needed most in my life at the time was to consistently get out there and exercise. And this goal was going to force me to do that.
0: (laughs) Right. Because, yeah. When you, when you are, when, you know, what you just said about setting that goal about that, like, you knew, you knew that a marathon was going to be something that would consistent, force you to train consistently. What is something that you look for when you're setting a goal Um, What are are your requirements for something to challenge yourself?
1: That's a really good question. So funny because I've done so many like podcasts and I like getting asked new questions. Um, So (laughs) I think that for me, uh, the goal has to be like, first of all, something that excites me, like something that I'm personally, you know, motivated by. And then I think it has to be something that I see as, realistic like within reason but also something that's like much like further than where i am right now like i'm very i'm comfortable with setting big goals as long as like i see a process of getting there um it could be really far from where i am as a, but if i map out a process for getting there then that's okay for me and so i feel like it has it's kind of like this balance between knowing that you have the tools within yourself to make it possible, but also it being totally far away from where you are right now.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense to me. To have it be kind of just outside the edge of what you think you can do right now. And then to get there slowly and manageable steps.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I like having big goals to chase. It's kind of it's like and the more that I the more I've gotten into running, the more I'm like comfortable with setting like huge goals and even sharing them and even being okay not not achieving them like after one two or three tries but knowing that like that's my goal and it's out there and like maybe one day I will get it and maybe I
0: won't so you prefer to share to share something that you're working on as is that like a way to keep yourself accountable
1: actually it depends like I don't put all my goals out there I just I I think that I'm okay I'm I'm comfortable with doing it Sometimes I like also, like right now with Corona, there's like no real races on my calendar, but like, and I don't even in my mind have very, like very, very firm like time goals, but like, I'm just enjoying this process of like working really hard and knowing that I am progressing. And like in a few months it will show, but like, I don't know in exactly what, shape, you know, it's just, it's cool to me to like not have very specific goals right now, actually.
0: Right. I think that that's what everyone is finding interesting about this time is that I know that there, for myself, there was something about being forced to take things a little bit easier that felt really nice for a little bit. And then it was, you know, once I had taken those couple of weeks to slow down, then I found that like I was from a creative perspective, really energized. And from like a strategy perspective, I was able to think of things more clearly. And it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time to be doing anything right now. Um, but it's interesting how there are some of these little like golden moments in all of the craziness.
1: Yeah. People have, I've read some, like, I read a quote or something how, like, some of the greatest, like, breakthroughs and innovations come after, like, periods of isolation and, and you know, like, it, I totally relate to what you're saying. Like, I, I 100% think we need to take down time and slow down and recharge and, like, in whatever form, in whatever you're doing, you know, it's very healthy. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's definitely it. one that's of the bright spots. Sure. You know, <laughs> yeah. You ran a marathon while heavily pregnant. And I'm so curious what that was like doing. First of all, I'm sure that everyone who you were running with was like, who is this lady and what is she doing here? But what was the process of training for that like? And what was the process of like, how did it feel to run that race? Um, The truth is
1: that I always say like running pregnant wasn't so hard. Like running the marathon pregnant wasn't so crazy I had like some kind of something going on with my foot at the time. So like at that the half, like the second half of the marathon, every step I took, it felt like like a nail was going through my foot. That was really painful. That kind of totally pushed the whole pregnant part out of my head. It was hard training pregnant, but it was so rewarding because I felt so, so good my entire pregnancy and it kept me in such great shape. And it's something that I really enjoy. Like, I love, running is a really healthy outlet for me. And I realized that, like, when you're pregnant, you're almost – you're a lot of times in the most vulnerable place. And, like, you need to do extra to take care of yourself. So, like, I, I didn't want to stop running. And I knew that having the goal of a marathon was going to keep me motivated to do that. So, like, running preg- running pregnant – you know, it was something I got used to. You just build up to it. <laughs> um, and I think more people think it's, people People think it's crazier than it is because it's not as common. True. Every person, I would also make a disclaimer that like every person's body is different and it's super important to listen to your body and. Not every woman's gonna feel the same or be capable of the same amount of exercise during pregnancy, and some people running is really hard and could be bad for them. Like you really have to be in tune with your body. It was good for me, but like not everyone has the same experience, you know?
0: Right, right. So what does your day to day look like now? I mean, not now during like crazy Corona times, but what what's a typical day no, I for? I still
1: do the same things.
0: Awesome. <laughs> um, so what, what does that look like?
1: So I like, my full-time job is training, but it's not a full-time, it's not a full-time job. It's, it just, is like a full-time mentality. But, um, so every day I, I run around like, well, when I'm marathon specific training, my mileage is a little bit higher, but now I run around like 150 kilometers a week, which is about, um, 94, 95 miles a week so i i normally i run most days um early in the morning and then i do strength training like three times a week and i i used to swim twice a week now i like try and get a bike ride in one day in the afternoon and then i also will sometimes do like a second run like two days a week i jog in the afternoon with my kids like easier um and then I have to do, you know, a lot of foam rolling or get like a sports massage, which everyone thinks sounds really nice, but it's really like killing your body. I like it though. It feels good.
0: But is it's sports hard work. massage Is that different from physical therapy?
1: It could be overlap. The guy, like sometimes, the, I have gone to physical therapists. I don't have, like, it's not, thank God I'm not dealing with any specific like injury. It's more just if to keep it's like maintenance like because I run so much and there's such a high impact like it keeps my body really healthy thank god so and then when you're a professional runner like you really need to get a lot of sleep which is that has been the biggest challenge having my kids home all the time because I used to take a nap every day no joke and I, I feel exhausted and I also don't I don't know like I'll get seven hours of sleep at night but that's not really even enough you know Right. Like most athletes are sleeping. They're sleeping like ten hours at night and napping. So I like. So I'm trying to get more sleep because it really impacts you. Like it really helps so much with recovery, and I feel so much better when I sleep more.
0: When you said say that this is your full time job, that's my
1: typical pre day. That
0: that's your typical day. When you say that your full time job, I feel free not to answer this because it's a rude question. But does that mean that you get paid to train? Like how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, in Israel, I mean, like in America there is a lot of the way runners are runners are generally like sponsored by shoe companies. They'll have a contract with a shoe company. In Israel, we don't have the same like fields and there's very few um like I'm there's only one other female distance runner who's sponsored. I'm sponsored by the state of Israel because I'm an Olympic candidate and you know it's not a it's not a very big salary but it, it helps and it helps a lot and they also pay for like my, my I also I have a specific um team that I'm part of which is mostly like I'm there's all all the other athletes are in other distances or other fields and it's mostly guys but they pay they pay my coach's salary they pay for like and the sports massage and they pay for my any, 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 um, and they, they pay me a small salary also. So together with those two things, like, yeah, thank God it works out. I'm, I, I make, I'm, I, I'm sponsored by another like Israeli sports organization. And honestly, like I'm making more right now than I used to make working in my job and outreach. And I work way less hours and I'm doing something I really love. And I have so much more time for my kids. So it's really great.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's a real win, win, win. I'm so glad that you brought up the Olympics because I'm, this is fascinating to me. So how does one be like do you just have to be really good and then like you try out for the olympics and then that becomes a thing like how do you even go about chasing this huge dream that i know you have
1: um every sport is different so like with the, but with the marathon they have a specific time standard that you have to achieve to qualify in that um in that you know area And in Israel, there weren't. There's. I knew I didn't really have compet. Like every country can send three athletes for each field. So I knew that there's. There's one other Kenyan runner who runs for Israel. She's amazing. So I knew she was going. But there's really no one else besides her. And so in previous years, like the standard for women was 2:45 in the marathon. And I ran last year in January when I had my like marathon that pretty much changed that out, like that catapulted me into the world of professional running. I ran a 242. So then I knew, you know, from, from the 2016 standard, I qualified, but then they, things got a lot more crazy because for 2020, they decided to cut the field in half. They were only taking 80 female athletes as opposed to 160. And they made the new standard much more intense. You have to run a two, 29:30, or get ranked in the top 80 women worldwide so i decided to pursue the ranking approach and i qualified through the ranking system but then and i ran a 232 marathon this year and now my goal is to actually hit that criteria of 229 30 to hit that official standard time so so, um, the next marathon I get, that's the goal I'll be
0: chasing <laughs> how i mean you're you're literally talking about three and a half minutes, right from two twenty nine thirty to two thirty two so How yeah. difficult is it? I mean, I speak from absolutely no experience and having no I don't know what I'm talking about, but three minutes doesn't sound like that long. like how hard is it to shave off you know even- yeah people
1: have no concept of these things when you don't run but. Like, let's say if 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 I was not getting what if I wasn't as close to my potential as I am right now, like if it was, we're talking about really fast times. Like when you run a two thirty two marathon, your average pace per mile, I think, is like five forty five per mile for twenty six point two miles. So that's a that's like really hard to, you know, so. I think that it, my coach actually, I was training for the April, for a marathon on April 5th. And I was in really, I was in really good shape. My coach had told me that I could do the 229.30. So I, 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 bez, I think it's within reach, but cutting off three minutes from a marathon time is at this level is considered a really big deal.
0: Like yeah. it sounds if like it
1: a- was, if it was when you were, no, if you were in like a, When you're not as close to your actual, when you're not talking about such fast times, it's not as serious, but the closer you get to hitting your potential, like every, every second is a big, you know, it all makes a huge difference.
0: Going from five hours to four hours and 57 minutes is very different from going from 232 to 229.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Got it. Um, What is going through your head when you're running?
1: So funny. I always love to, like, after a run, think about all the, like, trains of thought that I had. Um, So many times, it's all different things. It depends. When I'm running easy, you know, I'm super relaxed and comfortable. And it's, like, a lot of times running is, like, my therapy. It's, like, okay, I, I rehash, like, certain things that were bothering me or, like, things I should have done differently with my kids or things I want to accomplish. And just, like, I go through my life. I, I talk to Hashem a lot, to God, when I run. I'm just, like, I think it's a really incredible opportunity to appreciate the gift of our body. So it's like, I, I'm like, I appreciate nature. I focus on just like noticing the simple things around me. Um, When I'm doing a workout or in a race, it's like more intense, but part of the goal is to learn how to be as relaxed and calm as possible. So I feel like I've learned how to use my mind to like actively coach myself the entire time so I can keep myself as calm as possible until the point where obviously it's really hurting and I have to, you know, dig deep. But like the goal is to stay as calm as possible for as long as possible in all the workouts and races that I run.
0: How does, you know, you, you mentioned talk, talking to Hashem, talking to God while you run, how, how does faith or does it at all factor into your training and how, and how you race?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I gave a whole class on like, on, the, on emuna and on faith um, two days ago. And, and some article once came out about me it was like, B.D. Deitch is running on faith. And I would totally say that because like, my philosophy is, you know, I don't show up to a race expecting a miracle, because, you know, in Judaism, we we understand like, we can't rely on miracles that we're not allowed to. We have to make every physical effort possible. But at the end of the day, I know every step I take is a miracle. And, and my, I think what, what actually helps me like excel as an athlete is that I don't have any, I don't feel any pressure when I go into a race because I a hundred percent trust that like, I do my work and whatever the outcome is like it's meant to be it's from god and he's controlling every second of the race and i've like experienced a few like real miracles (laughs) in my races so i i've so and i I feel so connected to to god throughout every like race i run and i really trust that you know he takes whatever whatever his plan is for me like he brings me there and and to me running's like a vehicle for my every, we all have ways of connecting to God in this world and of shining God's light into the world through our unique like role. And to me, running is that opportunity for me.
0: Can you tell me about one of the miracles you experienced during a race?
1: Yeah. Um, in 2019, when I ran the Tiberius national championship marathon, um, so, like, going into the, that was my first really big race in Israel. I mean, I had won the Jerusalem Marathon the year before, but the Jerusalem Marathon is not a serious, like, runner's race. It's, it's, so I was, like, the fastest Israeli woman, and it was a big deal because I was orthodox, but it wasn't, like, a really big running time deal. Um, so, but going into this national championship marathon, um, my coach had told me, like, she knew every woman that was coming, and she pretty much expected me to win she knew what i was capable of and she knew what all the other participants there were going to be able to do she told me like that's it you have this race it's, it's in your it's in your hands. so um i remember you know her, the plan was to stay at a pace of like 626 per mile and that would give me a time of 248 and um everything was going perfectly according to plan from the start line like i was running with the guys that i've trained with you know, week in, week out. We were all just like flowing perfectly, clicking off the miles. It felt so smooth. And then like at the, ha- as we we're coming to the halfway point, it's just courses just like there and back. And I looked over and I saw another woman. And I remember like, I couldn't believe it because I hadn't seen her at the start line and she hadn't been on the list of registered participants. And she was like already coming back. So she was well ahead of me. I see her on the other side. And I started, you know, my heart sinks. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, okay, there goes my day. Like, I'm not winning this race, you know. And then I thought for a second, maybe she's not Israeli because this is the Israel National Championship. Like, I look over and I see that she's, she's Israeli and I recognized her. She had, like, the, oh, she held one of the fastest times in Israel. She's run like, a 238 marathon that year. And she's well ahead of me. It's, like, pretty much I have no shot. And then like a second later I said like in my head I was just like you know like I I've, I've been and this is like something that had like got me through a lot of workouts just connecting to the idea like if we recognize that every single one of us we have a selem elokim a piece of god within us and god is infinity so we're connected to infinity so like there's no limit to what we could do cuz we are connected to that infinite spark so I said to myself like hashem is with me every step and anything is possible and I always say, like, you know, I, I know the outcome now, but in that moment, I had literally no idea, but I was 100% believing and that if I'm connected to Hashem, like, anything is possible. He's the source of my strength. And at the halfway point, I remember my coach had, like, literally told us, don't go faster at the halfway point because you still have another half a marathon to run. You can wait. If you feel really good at the 20-mile mark, then you can start getting faster. And but I didn't listen to, and I started like going like pushing the pace, and like the guys that I was running with, they were like, "Oh my gosh, we wanted to run after you and grab you, but we couldn't touch you, (laughs) so we didn't." And I the I ended up catching up to her. It was crazy, and I ran a two forty two marathon. Like I cut six minutes off the time in the second half of the marathon, and the reason I and and I won the race, and my coach today like who's a proud atheist and would say he does not believe in God but we have a really wonderful relationship he was a judge on the course on that day and he always he said to me like he's like I looked at all the training you did leading into that race and he knows his numbers like cold like he never misses a he doesn't miss a second he's like there's no physiological explanation for how you ran the way you did it was a miracle those were his words so like yeah. That was one of the greatest like experiences. I, I crossed the finish line so completely mind blown by the whole thing.
0: Wow. You, you mentioned that when you won the Jerusalem marathon, it was a big deal because you're Orthodox. What does it feel like to sometimes get more attention for how you dress or how you, um, or your lifestyle as opposed to the actual accomplishment of what you've done?
1: Um, so orig- when I first, when it first happened, when that first, you know, happened, it was, it was normal that there was a lot of publicity about the fact that I was like running in a skirt and I'm a, you know, fully orthodox woman because n- no one had ever seen that before. Um, and I, and I like understood that. And, and uh, to me it was, I want to, I want to be an example of the fact that you can be a hundred percent fully you know, dedicated to your values, you don't have to compromise on your values, um, and still excel and in sport or whatever you're passionate about. But at this point now, like that I'm, now I'm a much more serious, like I'm in a more serious running stage, like I'm a, I'm actually, you know, internationally ranked, and I've like achieved a lot more. So sometimes it's sometimes I'm just like, I would love if people could like appreciate you know, my running abilities, not just that I'm a, you know, religious mom who runs in a skirt, but honestly, I I don't really think about these things too much, and like, um, I'm not a person that gets very bothered about much either, so it's not something that's ever really, like, felt, like, people are gonna notice, yeah, I look different, I wear a skirt, and I'm proud of it, so I don't mind if that's what they want to focus on, you know?
0: (laughs) Right. Is there anything about your training that's different because of your values and because of your lifestyle?
1: Well, um, I can't. My, my, a, lot of, some of the, a lot of people do their long runs on Shabbat, and I, I can't run on Shabbat, so I don't. So it, it, it doesn't really affect my... I've set up my schedule that it's okay like this, um, but obviously sometimes there are races that I have to miss, because of shabbos because i don't run on the sabbath and uh i missed the world championships in doha this year which i wasn't i was okay with it was a miserable race because it was so boiling hot but the olympics is a really big deal and they moved the date of the women's marathon to to shabbat and that's like really frustrating you know
0: right is there anything you can do about that
1: Well, I've tried in a number of different ways and I'm still optimistic, but I thought that with Corona and the Olympics being canceled and them rescheduling all the events, they might be more open to just like, I'm not asking them now. It's like everything is being rescheduled from scratch, but they're so inflexible. They are pretty much like, we're just copy pasting the schedule. No, we can't really do anything. And I don't know, you know, it's, it's, disappointing that it's been so difficult and I'm, I'm i'm still i'm not giving up we'll see who knows you know i also have accepted though like maybe like in my grant you know a lot of times we think we think that we're like doing what god wants from us like oh i want to do this because i want to make a i want to be you know i want to make a kiddush hashem i want to bring glory to god but maybe my job is to not run in the marathon. And that is what God wants from me. And like, you have to be able to be willing to, you know, like submit your will to God's will. Like we're not running the show. He is. And accept if, if this is what he wants from me, that's what he wants from me, you know?
0: Right. When, when you run and, and, you know, you're, like you said, you're doing it dressed really modestly and um, with your skirting your long sleeves and, and all of that, was there ever a point when people, I mean, maybe the fact that I'm asking this question is my answer, but, um, was there ever a point when people weren't like just stopped caring about it? And instead we're talking about your achievements or do you think on a certain level, it's always going to be about the way you dress? I don't know.
1: It's an interesting question. Um, I think in Israel, I'm very much recognized as a really serious runner and people don't, you know, it, it, it might come up like, oh, she's religious. Sometimes people make jokes like, oh, I, I actually have like very high um, cadence, which means like I take very, my steps are very, I have very quick steps. I take a lot of steps per minute, which is the way run, you're supposed to run. But people always say like, oh, it's because like people will joke like it's because I'm wearing a skirt and so I have to take more steps more frequently, like my skirt cuts off my stride but but i think in israel it's moved past the religious thing like i'm very much like recognized as a you know i i i have the fastest other than the kenyan runner who became israeli but she's not you know originally israeli um i have the i have the fastest marathon times and half marathon time and um like people really have seen how much i've progressed and invested and and becoming a more internationally ranked and recognized athlete. So I think it's moving past just the clothing here. Right. There's another dimension to my story that I'm a really new runner also. Like I didn't, I didn't, most professional runners have, have high school and college running background and I had none of that. So that's also something
0: people could talk about, you know? Right. What, what is it like being, the new kid on the block in a super competitive field?
1: Um, It's funny. I think for me, it's like an almost an advantage. It's an advantage in certain ways that, you know, my body isn't worn out because I haven't put in tons of mileage. (laughs) A lot of these runners, they suffer a lot of injuries because they've put so much impact on their body over the years. Thank God. Thank God. I'm not, I, uh... it's hard. In some ways, I also don't have the like strong aerobic foundation. Like most runners work on their short distance speed. And then when they get to the marathon, they're like building endurance. I did the total opposite. Like I started with the marathon and I had to go back down to like shorter distance to build speed. So in that way, it's like a disadvantage. Um, But it's kind of fun for me because I'm learning so much and I just like, like I never was into, I never was, I always enjoyed sports, but I never followed any sport. And now, like, I have a sport that I follow and that I want to know everything about. And, like, I listen to lots of podcasts with runners. So, like, I'm enjoying getting into it. It's a whole new thing for me.
0: That's fabulous. You mentioned at the very beginning that, you know, when you realize that you are out of shape, that you would really put yourself on the back burner. What are some ways that you think that people can do a better job of prioritizing themselves if it's not something that they're doing now?
1: I think it's so important to make like really for mothers to exercise in whatever way feels good to them. It doesn't have to be running, but I think, I mean, I think exercise is so healthy physically and mentally. And I think mothers like need that outlet more than they realize. I think sometimes what happens is like, you're so tired as a mom. You think you're so exhausted. You think you don't have energy to exercise. You don't realize that once you start exercising, you'll actually get more energy. So it's like, it's and it's counterintuitive because it does take time to build up. And like the first, when you're very exhausted, you have to psych yourself up to get out and go for a run. But I, I guarantee like, you will never come back from a run feeling like bad. You'll always feel good after and the exercise. So it's it's those first couple of minutes. So to me, like if, you, if you're not doing it already, you have to like literally block it off in your calendar. This is my time. And and this is what I'm you know, and if it's making yourself accountable with a friend or joining a class or a running group or having a personal trainer, whatever you need to do to do it, I think it's so important. And people sometimes are scared because of the the money investment. I started running. I didn't have any money. I didn't invest any money in it. It was like so there was no money required. Like I went to the outside. You know, I had a you buy a pair of sneakers. That's that's all you need. So, and I would say that you are the most worthwhile investment because you, if you take care of yourself as a mom, your family will, will appreciate it and will be rewarded by it. You'll, you'll be in a better place to be a better mother and better spouse. So, so it's a
0: worthwhile. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. This has been such a, it's, it's always great to kind of get in the heads of people who are doing something that is totally completely different and thank you for providing a little bit of insight into what goes through your through your mind when you're doing these amazing and wonderful things if someone wants to learn more about you bd where can they go
1: um i'm on instagram marathon mother i have a facebook page i'm try i try to post like i always have so much on my mind that i want to post that i never get to But um, yeah, I respond to my DMs frequently. So people can always message me there. And this was really, really nice chatting with you. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. Last thing that I want to end off with is uh, to you, BD Deitch, in your personal life, in the way that you move through the world, what does it mean to you to make an impact?
1: Mm, That's also a good question. Thanks. (laughs) Part of me, like, sometimes just wants to be anonymous. It's funny. I think what it means to make an impact. I'm going to go back to when I the day before I ran my big race this year in Tiberia I got I I was able to pray at the grave of Rabbi Meir and I very much connected to the idea of Meir et Olam like every single one light up the world Meir means light and I think every single one of us is a unique vessel to shine God's light into the world. So for me, making an impact means tapping into what makes me unique and how, and letting that shine through and sharing that with the world.
0: That is great. Thank you so much for coming on today, BD. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find links to PD's Instagram and Facebook page in the show notes. You'll also find links to at-home activities perfect for quarantine, some of which are free, all of which are high fashion. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick reading. They make my day. The episode art was designed by michelle moses original music composed by nissan fetman this episode was produced and hosted by me rivki itzkowicz catch me on instagram and facebook at impact.fashion.myc as always here's to making an impact together